And he, Paul's going to show us in chapter 5, what are the benefits? What happens after you're justified? What are the blessings that God promises for us? And he's going to build up one on top of the other. But in between these verses, he says something really, really cool, which gathers my attention and gathers most of us. He says, you know what? You're going to suffer. But when you suffer, count it as joy. And then he tells us why. Why, even though you're going through suffering, why you should be joyful. And I'm reminded of the story, a child's story, Humpty Dumpty. How many of you remember Humpty Dumpty? So he sat on this wall and he falls and he breaks to pieces. And no matter how much everybody tried to put Humpty Dumpty together again, they just couldn't. And you know what? Most of us have been through life. Most of us have at one time or another been Humpty Dumpty. I'm not calling you huevitos with legs. That's not what I'm trying to do. But really, we've been through suffering where we feel we've been scattered into pieces. Our marriage has been broken. Our finances have been shattered. Relationship with a sibling. Relationship with our sons and daughters. And we feel that no matter what, nothing or no one can bring us back together again. And in the midst of these verses, we're going to see that God says, it's okay. I will put you back together again. Maybe not the way you wanted to, but the way I believe you need it to be. So today, like I said, we're going to be opening up with Romans 5. If you have your Bibles with you, I encourage you to open up and follow along with us. Romans 5, we're going to cover verses 1 through 5. If you don't have your Bible with you, you can grab one from the chairs beneath you. And as always, we'll have the passage up on the screen. Let me pray before we jump in, guys. Heavenly Father, we praise you and we thank you so much that we can come to your word, that you've given us this, this book freely, Father, that we can open up and hear from you and, and you can change our hearts to be the people you have called us to be. Lord, I just ask that we listen to your word deeply and let it penetrate our hearts. And sometimes the truths, Father, they're hard to swallow. But we know that you are in control. Father, help us trust more in you. And that when we leave from here, we are changed, knowing your truths, knowing that what you have in store for us is far much greater than anything we can imagine. Father, we thank you so much. And we love and praise you. And we ask all these things. In the name above all name, Jesus Christ. Amen. So chapter 5, verses 1 through 5. And Paul opens up saying, Therefore, since we have been justified by faith, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ. Through him we have also obtained access by faith into this grace in which we stand. And we rejoice in hope of the glory of God. Not only that, he says, but we Rejoice in our sufferings, knowing that suffering produces endurance, and endurance produces character, and character produces hope, and hope does not put us to shame, because God's love has been poured into our hearts through the Holy Spirit, who has been given to us. So he starts by saying, therefore. Now remember, whenever you see this word, therefore, in the Bible, you've got to ask yourself, what is it there for? So he says, therefore, and he's saying, therefore, everything that I've told you in the past, everything that we've covered, this is what happens next. Therefore, he says, 
we have been justified by faith. He's going to explain what the results of everything that I've just covered to you, with you guys. And he talks about justification again. And, and I'm going to remind you, and I'm, going to, I'm going to repeat this over and over again because it's the truth that we have to accept whether we like it or not. Justification comes by faith. It is a grace. It is a gift. When you put your trust in Jesus Christ, when you fall on your knees and say, Father, please forgive me of my sins. I repent of my sins, but I know because you hung on that cross, you've forgiven me of my sins, past, present, and future. At that moment, you are declared righteous. That's it. And then start your sanctification. At that moment, you want to grow closer to God. Your Christian walk begins with Him. You want to be more Christ-like. Is your sanctification because your hope is in your glorification. When you come to see your Creator, when you come to see God face-to-face, -face, then you'll be glorified. That's it. And a lot of religions, I don't care which one you think of, they've got it flipped over. They think or they feel or they preach or they teach, they command that you've got to be sanctified. You've got to work sanctification, sanctification, and eventually, hopefully, you'll be justified. And it's not right. Religions believe or they teach that you've got to do this and then this and then this and then you'll be justified. And most of us won't ever get there. And then some religions and nothing against Catholicism, they think the best you can do is purgatory. And then, and then you'll be justified. And in between your sanctification, before you get your justification, you might mess up. And God forbid you do a mortal sin because you're done. And you start all over again. And Paul, God himself in his word saying, no, you're righteous. That's it. You can't be any more right with God. And then your sanctification starts. You want to be more Christ-like. God cannot love you any more than he does now. There's nothing you can do that can make God love you any more. And there's nothing you can do that can make God love you any less. It is declared righteous because of what he has done. It is a gift. You can't work on it. That's what Paul is saying. And then let's go to verse 1. He says, Therefore, therefore, since we have been justified by faith, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ. Since we have been, past tense, we have been already. We've been justified. He says, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ. This is my first point for you guys. Very first point is this. The result of my justification, first of all, is that it brings me peace with God. The result of my justification brings me peace with God. Because we've been justified, the first blessing, the first benefit, is that we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ. And Paul's not saying the peace of God. There's a difference. Now, yes, granted, we do get that peace. Jesus Christ is a prince of peace. When we accept Jesus Christ into our, our hearts, we can handle situations more in peace because we know that God is in control. But Paul is saying here is a peace with God. See, remember, because of our sinful nature, because we just rebel against God, the very first moment that Adam and Eve bit into that fruit, there was a separation. 
God's wrath was upon us because of our sin. And now, since we've been justified, the wrath is gone. We have peace with Him. The war is over. Peace with God. John 3.36, Jesus says, Whoever believes in the Son has eternal life. Whoever does not obey the Son shall not see life, but the wrath of God remains on him. So now we have that peace with God. The wrath is removed from us because the wrath was poured on him. We're no longer in ends with our creator. We have that peace with God. C.S. Lewis says that there are two types of people in this world. The first types are those that say, my will be done. And the second type, when they receive Jesus Christ, says, let your will be done. I remember before I became a believer, I had my own belief in who God was and Jesus, what he did. And I understood and I knew I, I was like I said, raised Catholic. I went to Catholic school until I graduated from St. Augustine High School. And I knew of him, but I did not truly know him. And the moment I put my trust in Jesus Christ, I realized who he truly was. And no longer was I bucking with him because before, before Christ, B.C., I wouldn't want to come to church. Are you kidding me? I've got football. I've got grilling on Sundays. I want to hang out. Everything that every time someone would come and witness to me, I'd push him away. I think of my mom for years. For years she was a believer and she'd pray and ask me, come to Bible study, come to church. Yeah, right. No way. I was at war with God. I had nothing to do with what God said for me to do. But then I felt that peace, that peace that comes from accepting Christ. No longer was I at ends with him. Now I was with him. I no longer felt I had to push him away. I wanted him closer and closer and closer in my heart. That's what happens when you are justified. When you put your trust in our Lord Jesus Christ. Continuing in verse 1. In verse, one, in verse 2, I'm sorry. He says, through him we have also obtained, pe access, obtained access by faith into this grace in which we stand and we rejoice in hope of the glory of God. We're going to be in this verse for a little bit. But the second point is this. The result of my justification is that it gives me access to God. First of all, Paul says we have peace with God and also now it gives us access to God. We now have access to Him. In the temple, in Jerusalem, if you all recall, I don't know if you've read it or not, but there was a place that they called the Holy of Holies. And in between that place and the rest of the temple, there was a veil, huge veil that no one can go in there except for one time a year. The high priest, after doing all these rituals, after doing all these cleansing, he'd go in there. And I've read somewhere that sometimes they would tie a rope into this priest as he'd go in through the veil to the Holy of Holies. And just in case he wasn't cleansed enough, he would drop dead. And that rope was to bring him back out. And that veil was there because no one could enter into the Holy of Holies. But on that day when Christ, he breathed his last breath and he said, it is done. The veil was torn from the top to the bottom, signifying that now because of what I've done, now we have access to the Holy of Holies. Now we can come to God with our request, with our prayer. 
Now we can call him Father because he truly is a good, good Father. Our access is now made available. We can come to him with whatever we want because of what Jesus Christ has done for us at the cross. Religion doesn't teach that. And again, I'm not trying to criticize Roman Catholicism, but that's what I know very well. That's how I was raised. But I remember growing up, I was taught that you had to go to certain saints in order to be accessible to God. Let me pray through Mary so he can, she can petition my request to God. And that's not what God's word says. You can go directly to God yourself. I, am no, I have no more access to God than you do. Once you put your trust in Jesus Christ, you have the same accessibility. You can go to him. He will hear you. I read a story where there was this little boy and she, he really wanted to meet Queen Elizabeth. And they had these guardrails and she kept, he kept yelling, I want to meet Queen Elizabeth, Elizabeth. And then there was these guys, you know, the guards with the muffin helmets, the ones that stand there, they're all serious. And the little boy crept under the, the little fence and went up to the guard and the guard stopped him and said, I really want to meet Queen Elizabeth. Well, Prince Charles sees that. And Prince Charles comes to the, to the guard and says, hey, hey, it's okay. Let him come through. And he grabs the little boy by the hand and leads him to Queen Elizabeth. And the little boy gets to meet the queen. Jesus did the same thing for you and for me. He says, hey, hey, it's okay. And grabs us by the hand and takes us to meet the king of all kings. We have that accessibility. That is the blessing we get from our creator. Romans Chapter 8, verse 34 says this. He says, who is to condemn? Christ Jesus is the one who died. And more than that, who was raised? Who is at the right hand of God? Who is indeed interceding for us? Continually. When we pray, we pray to God. We pray to our Father in the name of Jesus Christ. We can come to him because he has given that accessibility to us continuing verse 2 through him we have also obtained access by faith into this grace in which we stand and we rejoice in the hope of the glory of God into this grace in which we stand my third point is this the results of my justification gives me security with God the result of my just justification gives me security with God. The word stand here, it's, it's not just standing, it's firmly standing. Fir firmly grabbing onto the floor that you cannot be moved no matter what pushes you, no matter what comes your way. You are firmly standing in His grace. You are secure no matter what. Grace is a gift from God. It's been given to you. We can't boast of our works. There's nothing that we did that earned our salvation. Again, going back, religions believe that in some sanctification part of your life, you can lose that security. And Paul's saying, no, you're standing firm in His grace. 
religions believe that there's certain steps that you become more holier some are more holier than others now don't get me wrong sometimes you're more at peace with god if you got a burden if you got unforgiveness in your heart he won't listen to your petitions but doesn't mean that he's not there it doesn't mean that you can't go to him if you trusted jesus christ as your lord and savior but religions believe that there's certain classifications some are holier than others i'm reminded of this story there was four women and they were bragging about their sons and you know how how mothers are you know my son's the best and one of the women says you know what my son's a priest and every time he walks into the room everybody says and calls him father and then the other lady says that's nothing my son's a bishop and every time he walks into the room everybody calls him holiness the third lady says that's nothing my son's a cardinal and every time he walks into the room everybody says his grace and the fourth lady says my son he's six foot four blue eyes black hair broad shoulders and every time he walks into the room all the ladies say oh my god god cannot love you anymore or any less you guys were too quiet and too silent i had to throw that in there you'll remember that i know you yep you can use it i got it from somebody else moving on <laughs> through him we have also obtained access by faith into this grace in which we stand and we rejoice in the hope of the glory of god we rejoice in the hope of the glory of god my fourth point to you guys the result of my justification gives me hope of the glory of god so we've got peace with god we have access to god we have security with god and then that gives me hope of the glory of God. See, the word hope here is not something I hope so. This is a guarantee. We do have that security of the hope that is to come. Once we are justified, then we are sanctified, and then finally we'll be glorified. That is our hope. Through our sanctification, through our work with, walk with Christ, there'll be ups and downs, there'll be backs and forths. But we should stand for, firm in His grace knowing that, hey, my hope is not of this world. My hope is in the world to come when I see Him face to face. And that is a hope that you can bank on. He's telling us that is our hope. It's not a hope of maybe. It's not like the hope that when I go Sunday mornings during NFL season, I say, I hope the Steelers win. This is a hope that, yes, Jesus Christ has won at the cross. And one day, we're able to live in eternity in peace will there be no more tears there'll be no more suffering there'll be no more pain that is a hope we need to count on philippians verse chapter 3 verse 20 through 21 paul says but our citizenship is in heaven and from it we awaited a savior the lord jesus christ who will transform our lowly body to be like his glorious body by the power that enables him even to subject all things to himself. That is what we rejoice in. That in the blink of an eye, upon his return, we will be glorified. That is our hope. That is the promise that he has given us. 
when we are justified, when we are declared, when we are saved through Jesus Christ. And then Paul transitions into the middle here of this of these verses and he says not only that but we rejoice in our sufferings knowing that suffering produces endurance and endurance produces character and character produces hope my fifth point is this the result of my justification enables me to rejoice in suffering the result of my justification enables me to rejoice in suffering now Paul's not saying hey when you're going through troubled times when you're suffering when you're going through tribulations he's not saying woohoo rejoice I'm happy hey look at me no he's not saying that he's saying that when you're going through this suffering when you're going through this pain rejoice inside feel that happiness because there's a purpose that God is putting you through there's a reason why you're doing or going through your suffering and because of that rejoice knowing that you have hope knowing that you're secure knowing all that I have just told you you've got to rejoice even as hard as it seems rejoice in your suffering there's gonna be pain but there's a reason for that pain God is saying he's saying suffering produces endurance that is why you're suffering right now because it's producing endurance producing something in you that next time you go through this hardship that next time you go through the suffering you'll be able to last longer because now you have that endurance as a spinning instructor I'm a spinning instructor as some of you know nothing irritates me more than someone sitting on the bike with zero resistance now a spinning bike if you all never been spinning there's a little knob in the middle where you sit and if you turn it to the right you start getting resistance as it should be but there's some people that don't have no resistance and they stay there and they're pedaling away and then they come to me and they say how come I'm losing weight why am I doing this I still can't last I still don't have any endurance because you need to turn the knob and I preach in my spinning classes put resistance as a matter of fact I get down on my little stage and say add it on struggle because I know that the more endurance you put the more you struggle as you pedal the easier it'll get next time and easier it'll get next time God is telling us I know you're suffering I know you're pedaling through life and it's hard but the more you endure to it the more you suffer it'll get easier trust me put it on he's got control he doesn't turn the knob but he has control over the knob trust him there's a reason why you're going through your suffering sometimes it doesn't make sense see our our lives sometimes feel like a puzzle you know you open up that box and there's pieces everywhere and it's shattered and in our lives in our struggles maybe in our marriages in our finances in our relationships our life is just like that puzzle broken into pieces and we're trying to put them together and sometimes they don't fit and sometimes they do and it's struggling and it's hard and you come to God and you ask him why am I so broken why am I suffering why is my life in pieces and God says stand back because I know what it's gonna look like when that puzzle is complete there's a purpose for your life to be in pieces now and once I put all the pieces together my way 
then you will see it might not be in this life but remember I promise it will be in eternity God has seen the puzzle of our life complete and at the end he is glorified and that is our purpose to glorify him struggles are part of life and Paul's saying first of all rejoice because it's building endurance one of my favorite verses that I that when I first opened up a Bible and I was going through some anxieties and some suffering someone told me go and read James James chapter 1 verses 2 through 5 and James says this count it all joy my brothers when you meet trials of various kinds for you know that the testing of your faith produces steadfastness endurance and let steadfastness have its full effect that you may be perfect and complete lacking in nothing if any of you he says lacks wisdom let him ask God who gives generously to all without reproach and it will be given to him again count it all joy and that word count there is a command he's telling brother and count it all joy my brothers when you meet it's not saying if you meet he's saying when you meet you will have tribulation you will have suffering you will have trials of various kinds knowing that there's a purpose for this because after you have endurance Paul tells us after you have that endurance it produces character a character that people can see when they come to you and say wow I know you're going through a divorce but how do you keep it so together because you say I have my character I'm strong in him even though it's tough I have the hope I have the strength that comes through him that is character it produces endurance which in turn gives us character now I know some of us are going through that right now and you're asking God why why are you doing this but a better question is to ask what what is your purpose what do you want from me I know there's a purpose it's in your word as a matter of fact look at look what James says if any of you lacks wisdom when you're going through this tribulation if any of you lacks wisdom if any of you don't know why ask him God what what do you want me to do you're putting me through this so I can be a better person what is that what do I need to change in my life do I need to handle my finances a little different do I need to stand through stand through this marriage I don't care how hard it is I know that this man this woman is the one for me do I need to forgive somebody do I need to come to my brother to my sister to my daughter to my son and say hey I forgive you what is the reason I want you to build that character in me so I can pass this suffering and after the suffering I will be a holier person because that is what you want from me ask him what is the purpose why am I going through this see God doesn't want you just to go through it he wants you to grow through it endure build up that character the character that comes from him and then he says character produces hope suffering gives you endurance which in turn gives you character and at the end it produces hope because after you come through that tribulation after you come through that through that challenge you know you trust more in him you've got to assure yourself I have to assure myself that no matter what I'm going through no matter how painful it is 
there is hope. I read that this scientist was doing a study on hope. He wanted to measure hope. So what he did, he's got this barrel and filled it up with water and he got some lab rats. And he put a, a rat in the water and the poor rat would start swimming all over the barrel, round and round and round, trying to get out until it loses its hope. And at that time, it just gave up. Not that the rat was tired, it just gave up and it sank. At that moment, it put it out. And he did that with several, several rats and he calculated that it took 17 minutes for rats to lose their hope. And after this test, he put one rat in the, in the barrel and that barrel started swimming and swimming and swimming and swimming and swimming. And right before the 17th minute occurred, 16 minutes, one minute prior, he grabbed that rat and put it in his little home, fed it, made it feel secure. The next day, he grabbed that same rat, put it in the barrel, and that barrel will swim and swim and swim and swim around. And the second time, it lasted for 45 minutes. And right before it loses hope, he grabbed that rat and put it and did the same thing over and over again. That lab rat lasted three hours because it knew that there was hope. It knew that there was something to come, that it knew there was going to be a hand that grabbed that rat out of the water. And God's saying, you have that hope in me. You're struggling going round and round, but there'll be a day when I'm going to grab you out of the water and you will not drown. Do not lose hope. A diamond, before it's a diamond, it's a coal. It's a nasty coal and with pressure, with pressure, with pressure, it just keeps through the years, millions and, not millions, but thousands of years, it's just pressured. And at the end result, there's a diamond. God is my, maybe right now is putting you some, some pressure because the end result will be a diamond. I know it's easier said than done. Trust me. I understand that. I struggle with it. But God's word is true. God's promises are true. I'm reminded of Daniel. In the story, they, three of his friends, uh, Shabdak, Madrak, I don't remember their names, but it was Daniel. <laughs> Weird names. And they would refuse to kneel before the king, Nebuchadnezzar, and they would refuse to kneel before him. So the king put them into the furnace. And as they went into the furnace, there was another person in there with them through the fire. And they didn't come out running, ah, I'm burning. No. They held on there, knowing that Jesus Christ was in there holding him through the fire. They were enduring the pain. They were secure with flames all around them. We are secure with flames all around us. He's got you by the hand. He's holding on to you. He's saying, it's okay. Hang in there. You will be a better person after this process. 2 Corinthians says this in chapter 1, verse 4. It says, Who comforts us in all our affliction so that we may be able to comfort those who are in any affliction with a comfort with which we ourselves are comforted by God. See, God just wants you to, to go through this process and you come out a better person knowing that you've, you've changed. But now He wants you to be a testimony. He wants you to share with others what has God put you through and who you are. Not because of what you've done, but because what He's done for you. So anytime you're going through suffering, turn to others who might be going through the same thing you are going in. And, and be with them. Share your testimony. 
be that strength for them. I always tell my married couples when I counsel them that I tell them, look, hang in there, even though it's painful, but I, I want you to promise me this. When you go through this, if you do it properly, if you do it God's way, no matter how tough it will be, after you come out of it, the result will be a beautiful marriage. But share your testimony. Be the one that comes to other wives and other husbands and say, hang in there. Let your mess be a message to others. That is what God is calling you to do. There's a purpose, there's a reason, but there's also your testimony that you must share. Finally, going back to our verses, verse 5 and 6, it says, And hope does not put us to shame, because God's love has been poured into our hearts through the Holy Spirit who has been given to us. There's that word hope again. It's a hope. It's a promise that we can count on. And he's saying, look, you've been justified. You are now my son. You are now my daughter. Nothing can take that away from you. You have security in me. When you receive Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, God himself through the Holy Spirit comes into your heart. Now he's dwelling in you. And you have that security that's in the Holy Spirit. And nothing can take that away from you. You have that hope. Look what uh, Ephesians chapter 4 verse 30 says. And do not grieve the Holy Spirit of God by whom you were sealed for the day of redemption. That day of redemption. The day you will see him face to face. You've been sealed. You've been promised that one day you'll be glorified. You have that security. Ephesians chapter 1 verses 13 through 14. It says this. In him you also, when you heard the word of truth, the gospel of your salvation and believed in him once you've trusted him once you've been justified were sealed with a promised holy spirit who is in the guarantee of your inheritance until we acquire possession of it to the praise of his glory everything that's been given to the son will be given to you you have that inheritance you have that hope you have that security you have peace Jesus, perfect in all his ways, suffered more than any of us can ever imagine. He stepped down from heaven into the sinful world. He lived a perfect life in obedience with the Father. And through his life here on earth, he had access to God. He, he obeyed him perfectly. He would come to his father and just pray and worship him. And he did everything that he was asked to do. But on that night, in the garden, as he knew that he was going to come to that suffering, that he knew he needed to endure. He knew that he needed to go through the suffering because there was a purpose. He knew that he needed to go through all these trials because at the end, he will give us, he'd give us the hope that we didn't deserve. And as he prayed that night, he said, Father, if there's any way, if there's any way this cup could be removed, he said, not your will, not my will, I'm sorry, but your will be done. And as he prayed, he says, the gospel tells us that he sweat blood. He was suffering so much. 
And then the next day he was tortured. He was beaten. And as he hung on that cross, as he hung for the very last time, very first time that is written in Scripture, that he doesn't call to God as his Father. He says, God, God, why have you forsaken me? Because at that moment, he no longer had the accessibility with God. At no moment, he can no longer call him Father because he took the wrath that you and I deserved. At that moment, he was separated from his Father. And I can only imagine, not necessarily the, the hurt, the physical hurt, but the emotional hurt, knowing that his Father, that God has turned his back on him. My little, my oldest son Aaron, when he was growing up, he had a really bad habit that he wanted to sleep with his parents every single night. So we watched a program or we read somewhere that the way to do it is that next, the, the next time that you put the, your child to bed, you take him by the hand and you put him to bed and you say good night and you walk away. And if he gets up and wants to go with you, you do it two or three times. But the fourth time, we read that. You go to him and you don't say a word. You're quiet. No matter what, you just tuck him into bed or her and you walk away. We did that with our son. So I did the whole procedure, good night, sweet dreams, the whole thing, prayed, walked away. He got up, did it two or three times. The fourth time, got up, I grabbed him by my hand and I was silent and I put him into bed. He got up and then he came back and I grabbed him and he tell me, Dad, why are you ignoring me? Why aren't you talking to me? And it hurt. It hurt, but I knew it was for a purpose. I knew it was for his own good. I know we feel that way sometimes. Right now we might be suffering and struggling. We're asking, Father, why aren't you listening to me? Why aren't you responding to me? Why are you letting me go through this pain? And like a good father, he's saying, I'm doing this for a purpose I'm doing this for a reason trust me I love uh, one of the songs Jeremy Camp sing and he says this these are the lyrics to Jeremy Camp he says there will be a day with no more tears with no more pain and no more fears there will be a day when the burdens of this place will be no more and we'll see Jesus face to face but until that day will hold on to you always. Revelation 21. John talks about that day when the new earth, the new heaven will be established and he looks up in the sky and here comes the new Jerusalem. And Jesus Christ comes down and he says, in his word he says, he will wipe away every tear. There will be no more pain. It will be the way he meant it to be. But like Jeremy says, till that day comes, endure, hold on, trust me. My prayer is that if we are going through these tribulations and sufferings, or when we go through these tribulations and sufferings, that we can hold on that hope. We understand or we try to understand why. And not only that, that our faith be built up. Let our trust in Him build up so we can glorify Him, so we can be a testimony to others.
Imagine a church that do that. Imagine a church that no matter what sufferings we're going through at the very moment, people could turn and say, what do you have? How can you endure? And we could say, because he has endured for me.